I'm Jordan Goodman. And I'm Justin Goodman. We're third-generation insurance agency owners and also brothers. Even though we had the same upbringing, we see the world very differently. This caused significant issues in our early years, but we eventually embraced the idea that every coin needs two sides to be complete. In 2018, we launched our second company, Total CSR, with the aim of reducing new-to-industry onboarding timeframes from two years to two months. Since then, we've traveled the country speaking to thousands of agency owners and their teams, and we've come to realize two things. We all struggle with similar challenges, regardless of size and location, and oftentimes, we are too embarrassed to ask for help. The Independent Agent Podcast is our attempt to provide helpful answers to your most difficult questions, anonymously, of course. Thanks for listening. Hello out there. Are you saying something? Am I, I saying was just something? letting you talk. Okay. Episode 35 of the Independent Nation. I am Jordan. This is my radio announcer voice. And I am Justin, and I'm just talking as me. <laughs> uh, so, today, our beverage, sidecars. Like sidecar donut? Like sidecar donuts. Is that the place that you and Brooke Yes. Go? I mean, other than them, like they make fancy donuts. Is it supposed to be healthier or no? No, but their donuts are amazing. But that's I mean, fine. They've got the maple bacon one, which is pretty yeah. good. But you guys get like the gluten free ones, don't you? Well, I get the gluten free and then the rest. Well, Brooke eats the rest and then right. the boys got to get the gluten free. I anyway. could use a maple bacon donut. Right? That actually sounds fantastic. So we're drinking sidecars. We are. And what's a sidecar made of? We got two parts cognac. One part Cointreau. I think that's how you say Cointreau. Quattro? Cointreau. C-O-I-N-T-R-E-A-U. Cointreau. What is Cointreau? It's like a Grand Marnier. Also. Fancy triple sack. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, kamikaze time. And then I think like another part lemon. We're supposed to have a sugar room, but that's gross to me. It's amazing all this, the stuff we have in our office at your disposal. Well, I went out and just bought a whole booze cabinet. Got it. Yeah. So now it's just all there. If you would have picked up your phone earlier, I wouldn't have had to double buy the Quantro, but oh, it's okay. You sorry. didn't love me. There were other people in the office. Yeah. Justin like goes like watches Netflix on his phone at lunchtime. So if hey. I'm calling, he just ignore, ignore. It was actually Amazon Prime or Amazon Video and I was watching Vikings. I'm trying to get all caught up. So You don't watch it on Hulu? I don't have Hulu. You don't have Hulu? I don't have Hulu. Oh. Anywho. Dude. Lagatha is probably the most awesome woman ever. She is. She's kick your, I don't want to say bad words. She kick your ass. I'm, I'm not that difficult to beat, but. Ragnar Lothbrook. All right. Question number one. I have been a commercial lines account manager for a few years. In a recent conversation with my manager about my future career goals, I was told that I would not be eligible for a promotion unless I went back and finished my my and got my college degree. I have a lot of reasons for not wanting to go back, but I am am I limiting my options by not getting a college degree? Okay. Setting aside the ridiculousness of that question. Wait, we didn't even try that's the drink. What I'm, that's what we didn't try the drink. I just yeah, I got distracted. Okay, here we go. Sidecar donuts. Not a fan. I don't like that. No. 
It um maybe it needs that sugar room, but even that would not. Yeah. 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 Aren't you glad I brought my Michelob Ultra? You didn't bring me a Michelob Ultra. Mm. It's a water bottle sitting over there. I'm gonna <laughs> grab that. Okay. Did you forget your thought already? No, I, I was wondering if it's your your manager. Your manager needs to probably lose their job. It's the most irrational, illogical. It's so insane to me that someone would say that. I don't understand that. Let's just be real honest. Even if you left your career completely and went full time, it's going to take you if you rocked it three years. So leave leave the career for three years and then come back and then you can get a promotion. Oh no no, or go do it at night school and take you know six years to do it. It's so insane and it helps you nothing. It helps you nothing and then puts you in debt because they're not going to pay for it. Yeah, it is such a ludicrous proposition. If that were me. I would go straight above that manager and say, hey, here's the conversation I had. Let me know if this is coming from you or where this is coming from. Because this is, if this is coming from you, I want to go to the person above you and have, have an honest conversation about the realities of this world. I think they're likely a UCLA graduate instead of an SC graduate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Is that even considered a degree? I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think it is. Are they even is. accredited? Probably not. They'll probably lose their accreditation if it was if it was there. They're just, I mean, hey, you know what? At SC, we start trends faster and stronger than anybody else. We're entrepreneurs from the start. We started paying athletes well before the NCAA said it was okay. I know. I mean, I know. And and now we got Bush. He's back in. Yeah. He's he's alive. now that it's okay oh. that we're paying people again. He can officially be back in. It's, this, it's such a joke. God, See how just, I distracted just, you? God, just it just. I'll I'm, I'll I'm, jump in jump here. In. The the whole thing is asinine to even have a degree. I would ask the question: What do you expect me to learn that's going to help me in my job? What am I going to learn in exchange for the debt? Right. So, you know, if I have to spend thirty thousand dollars at a state school to then get my degree, how does that help the organization? Is our tagline, everyone here has a bachelor's? Is that your selling point? Right? I, I don't understand that on its face. Past that, again, what they're saying to you is distract yourself with other things. Become more tired because if you're working your regular job, because they don't want you to quit your regular job, they likely want you to do this in the evening. So become very tired by staying up late, going to late school at night, studying, passing tests, coming to the office every day with 80% of the energy or 70% of the energy because you're exhausted and perform worse. That is a better alternative for the organization than just rewarding you based upon your efforts. I, I just don't, I don't please, see it. Please send me the name of your manager and let me call them. We're going to spam them. The, and they need to lose their job. We, we and if will, it's if it's coming from above them, that person needs to look. We will shame them on LinkedIn publicly. I, I, I am no happy problem to do with it. that. Like it's such a terrible it is fundamentally what is wrong with the higher education system. Like, We've never had a podcast guest, but we will fly them out, sit them in front of us while we grill them. And just tear them to shreds in a loving and kind way. I with I, empathy. Because they yeah. went to UCLA and not USC. Uh, I don't need to go down my whole rabbit hole. I just I just I'm so sick of the higher education machine that it is and the misnomer that it actually does shit for anyone. 
Yeah. I mean, well, let's be honest. There are a few fields. I do want my architect to have gone through this. I do want my doctor. Right. But those are specialized trades. Yes. And the doctor, you don't just want to have his bachelor's. No. You want him to yeah. have a little bit more than that, right? Yes. We could probably expedite the doctorate programs by removing undergrad completely. Yes. I mean, other than understanding biology, which right. I think... Take a year, but incorporate that in. Yeah. I mean... Same thing with law school, right? Well, law school, what you need is is the writing skills, right? So you need to learn to, to write. But you spend three years in law school doing that, reading and writing. I know. I couldn't be a lawyer. Either could I. We, could, we can't even read freaking three sentences on a piece of paper. I had a wonderful time in college. I loved it. I, I partied my brains out. It did not help me in my career at all. Zero. And I know many, many people who did that. And I have many, many friends which you guys have heard of this if you've been listening to the podcast, who came out of school $200,000 in debt, started making thirty five grand a year. It's, it's unreasonable, unsustainable, and I hope the system collapses. Burn it to the ground. Next question. Question two. Our commercial lines department does not have any guidelines on how policy reviews should be handled. Some agents are very diligent about making sure the reviews happen. Others pass it to an account manager, and there are several who are very happy to just ignore it altogether since it's not required. What are your thoughts on this? Should every account be reviewed every year? So what I hear you asking is, does every account deserve the risk management treatment on an annualized basis? And I think it depends on the size of the account. Right. So if you've got a bunch of bops and you, you, you know, you've got this main street business, it doesn't require that level of attention to detail because the carrier's coverage is so broad. If you're in the construction space like we are, it requires more attention to detail. And quite honestly, you shouldn't wait till the end of the year. You're in constant discussions with the insured about, hey, this is the job they're bidding, and this is what we're being asked to do. These are our concerns about the job site. We're now expanding into this marketplace. If you do your job right, the customer is calling you and saying, I'm wanting to do something new or something's changed. I need to tell you about it. And that's what we try and do with our, our customer base is say, hey, look. We are here to be your advocate, right? We're not attorneys, but consider us like that. You've got a harebrained idea, run it by us first. It's a lot easier for you to tell us ahead of time, for us to go and research it, come back and get you the answer so you know the impact on your business to make sure you're covered properly. Or if you're going to play outlaw and have something that's going to be uncovered or you're just self-insuring that yourself. I think it's a far better solution to have proactive dialogue for your account managers who are the ones doing the daily interaction to ask, hey, how's everything going? Are you guys looking at going into any new industries and servicing? So if you're in the commercial construction space, are you looking at residential? Past that, you can ask specifically about the organizational structure. Has anything changed? If you've got a lot of these legacy operations, you've got business going from a father to a daughter or a father to a son and ownership being transferred and they fail to let you know. So the long story short is annual. I don't necessarily agree with. I prefer an ongoing dialogue that is backstopped by annual exposure checks 
annual questions in a formalized process. So I don't want to just hope that I catch everything and hope that at the 11th hour, that's when they changed something that was significant and and we only had four days of an uncovered exposure. I want to make sure they know that anytime something is changing, they're coming and reaching out to me. Yeah, I I think probably the most important thing you could do is at the time that they're a prospect and not a client, do everything you can risk management wise to make sure that you button up and fully understand their exposure and fully protect it. Now, there are times where you are taking someone from a poor policy form and then you get them to a better policy form, but you still need to get them to a great coverage form and and that might take time. But you need to do everything you can to fully understand the exposure and their needs as a client and place that the first time correctly. Once you do that, you make it explicitly clear over and over again, any question, anything, no matter how stupid it seems to you, call us. If you want to do a job you're not sure about, it's a weird exposure, do I have coverage, I'm going to rent this vehicle, I just had a call the other day, hey, I'm thinking about buying a building and throwing it in an LLC, how would I do that? All of these things, just call. So they know, hey, if I, I there's anything that seems a little weird, it's so easy to have a five-minute conversation so we understand, hey, is your exposure changing? So if you get it set up correctly, that they're properly covered for what they're doing, and they know that, hey, anything that kind of comes around, I should call Jordan, that we're going to make sure they're protected along the way. And you don't even need to be super proactive with that past that. You can, as long as they know they're supposed to call you, because you make it clear, look, I can't read your mind. I don't know when you're going to do different jobs. Yeah, for us, it's easier because we get certs, and all of a sudden we get the contract and we go, oh, you don't have coverage for that work. So that's easier on our side. But if you insure restaurants or manufacturers, you know, you're probably not looking at the same type of cert volume in the same contract review that we are. So I would say set it up correctly, make sure they know to call you. And then like Justin said, yeah, have it backstopped with... You're going to reach out to your clients at least a couple times a year. Maybe if they're really small, it's less. But you are doing that. And then especially, you know, you're starting the renewal process 120 days ahead of time. Yeah. So at least eight months after the policy is in force, you're reevaluating and you have questions on there. Have any of your exposures changed? This is what we had last time for you. Have that, you know. And so they have all that information. So no, I don't think that every client, it's not profitable. You guys need to remember, we are in a business to make money right? Our business helps people and protects people, but we are for-profits. We are not non-profits. Some people want this, a particular level of service that is unreasonable for the revenue on the account. Now, if they want that level of service, say, okay, fine, we need to charge an extra $10,000 fee. However, it's not sustainable, or you need to go to another broker who claims they can do that because that's not sustainable for us. Just in the same fashion that a plumber wouldn't drive 200 miles to come down to my house to do, you know, to, to, to fix a stopped up toilet, we can only do so much with the revenue dollars on it. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is what I've tried to, to communicate to my clients is you really can tell me anything and ask me any question. And oftentimes, and this is a different relationship than I think those who are viewed as a commodity as far as a broker relationship. I had one of my largest accounts ask me, Justin, do you think I should buy a boat? And I said, well, are you asking me from a financial perspective? What's the purpose? He says, I want a boat. I think I would enjoy it. 
And so we, we have the discussion and I said, you know, I got a great option for you. If you don't want to take the full on plunge, there's these, this, it's like a timeshare for boats. And so I send the link over to him and he says, yeah, but it's too small. I was looking, starting at a hundred feet. And I said, you mean a yacht? And, and he said, yeah. And, and, and really my budget, I want to start and, you know, keep it between a million and 2.4. And and I said, sounds fabulous. And he was in the financial position to do so. And so I encouraged him if he wanted me to clean it or do anything else. But I've got that type of relationship where he feels like he can ask me any question. I will come with my straightforward answers. And that way, we're never behind. He just knows if I'm going to do something weird, I'm going to do something new, something's going to change. Either I or my staff is going to call Justin just so we get it squared away, and life is much simpler that way. And so if you can build that trust by building the relationship, not only with you as yourself as a producer, but teaching your account managers how to build that rapport and trust with the clients, you'll be far better served. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. If you have questions Jordan keeps referring to me to send the questions, but they really should go to Olivia at TotalCSR.com. Olivia at TotalCSR.com. And if you have drink requests, you can have them sent to Jordan at TotalCSR.com. Yeah, Justin doesn't want his uh, his Prime videos to be interrupted by your emails is what he's saying. And if you're really excited about the videos you're watching and you're watching us on YouTube, please click the subscribe button. We are just... Where is it? Is it there? Yeah. Or there. 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 Or there. Here. And we've derailed. Thank you guys so much. Be well. Cheers.